Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we just try to make sense of some of the things we love about photography and some of the things that we don't love as much. Come join us. Hi, welcome to this uh, episode of Photo Mission Focus. And you might notice that there's uh, a new guest co-host. Um, Cara Jane from Pixels and Spice Photography is joining me at the desk for the next couple of weeks and she'll be tackling some of the subjects that we'll be talking about while Terry's away interstate. So um, without further ado, let's welcome Cara Jane to Focus and let's get the conversation started and get this, epi- this week's episode rolling. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Joining me at the table is Cara Cara, today we're talking about um, when can you call yourself a pro photographer? Yes, very, very topical, Stephen. <laughs> well, I, I want to lead into it first. And before you can call yourself a pro photographer, you have to better call yourself a photographer. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll share a story. Um, a while ago, I ran some um, monthly activities where we put a guest speaker in and a, we took a whole bunch of photographers and we would open the night by saying to everyone in the room, um, how many photographers in the room? And a couple of hands would go up. And then the next question I'd say is, how many people in the room take photographs? And every hand went up. And that was always interesting because a lot of people in the room didn't identify themselves as photographers. And some of them were excellent photographers, but they hadn't actually got to that point. So you have to actually get to the point where you actually call yourself a photographer before you can actually step, make that next step. Yeah, and that's actually a really, really um, good way to look at it, that there's there's hobbyists or enthusiasts that love taking photographs, but why in their mind do they not call themselves a photographer? And I think, uh, you know, asking someone, well, okay, once you're a photographer, what makes you professional? It's sort of, it's almost like a similar leap where it's it's just creating a definition that almost can't be defined like I think there's a continual dilemma depending on one person to the next on on how you explain it um but uh, like you know one one sort of way to look at it is that the definition of professional you know to me and and maybe to others means that you um you have reached a certain skill set in your industry comparing yourself to others where you can now say yes your skills and services that you can provide are at a certain level where you can also then have paying clients and operate as a business so that's that's one way to look at it and that's how I look at it but like I'm completely open to to anyone who wishes to have their opinion on well what what makes them see themselves a professional if if they don't have paying clients, like that's one way to look at it. Yeah, I think so. Look, the interesting thing is we, I think people get hung up on the word professional because mm. I think a lot of people will, will kind of say, no, you're a professional photographer when you actually derive your whole income from the the practice of photography. And the, the world has changed that we have people who are what I consider to be professional photographers but don't work full-time in the photography industry. Mm-hmm. They have another second job that they do. But when they are doing their when they are doing their photography gig, they're delivering a professional quality product, and I think that's the the challenge that most people you know fall into, and they they're not sure what what to call themselves. Mm. You know, and like you said, like you know, we started off this podcast by talking about people who take photos and 
who don't call themselves photographers. It's kind of like I think you have to start believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, a good spin on it as well is you can call yourself a professional and say, oh, I have I have all the gear and I have 10 years of experience, um, but you could have all the gear and still no idea. <laughs> so you could, you could call yourself a professional um, but not necessarily be – any good and that that's across not just photography but in a lot of industries you could you could have put in the time and the effort and um you know the know-how and and you know build up all your you know smoke and whistles but if you don't um consistently deliver a quality um of service whatever your service is to the um client base that you are providing that for then i personally don't think that you should put yourself in the professional field um, but I think also like talking about you still call yourself a photographer, then there's the varying levels of, well, are you a hobbyist, an enthusiast, an amateur, and then a professional? Um, yeah, it's it's one that, that I spoke to a few people about and um, they basically agreed that every photographer has has this dilemma. Yes, I think it, look, it is a dilemma that a lot of people have and I think people sometimes – are reluctant to call themselves a pro photographer because they think that they're an imposter. They don't think they're actually good mm. enough, you know? Yeah, the imposter syndrome. And, I, I mean, I've heard that used as a term across um, a lot of different, um, uh, you know, academic institutions or, you know, imposter syndrome um, is anything really that you're trying to build a skill set in or trying to be because that's your end goal but for some reason or another you just don't feel that you're quite there and and honestly you could be amazing but perhaps you just lack the confidence to say oh yeah you know I'm there but Joe Blow over the road you know he's just next level so compared to him I'm not professional so it is hard when you start comparing yourself to others when there's also photography such a saturated market yeah, and look, it, it, photography today is a really hard gig. It mm. really is because there's so much competition out there and and there is so many skilled photographers as well. Like there's a huge amount of, you know, skill. Mm. Um, so, and I think, like I said, that, um, people do get hung up on the whole professional thing. And the other thing I think people do get hung up is that some people have created amazing photography careers but have never studied photography. Mm. You know, Absolutely. They, they pick the camera up, they've had a natural talent they've been able to grow that talent and they've been able to get some commercial success out of it and i think sometimes people will look at those and go well they're not real because they didn't study or you know but i mean i suppose it's like the great artists of the world they didn't quite often they just picked a paintbrush up and had an idea Mm. and started painting Mm. you know become these icons in the art industry but never really trained as a, an artist. Today, people will go and obviously study fine art or study art or that type of thing, and then you know, then they're kind of then they're kind of expected to be able to produce amazing artwork because you've got this arts degree. Yeah, and I think um, like that is a good point. There are uh, tons, absolutely, like a lot of um, photographers, specifically that are self-taught or you know taught alongside peers, um, but they're not um, necessarily academically like trained by an institution. Um, and I mean that's awesome for them. Um, I I am doing some study at the moment, but prior to now, like anything that has brought me to where I am in my current level of my career has been self-taught, and it's it's a hard slog. Like it's really really hard going. Um, 
you know, just because I personally am going through higher studies or higher education to get, you know, a piece of paper at the end, I, you know, wouldn't say anything less to undermine anyone who's, you know, who classes themselves professional because I do class that on on skill and on on delivery. And um, I have some contacts and some friends in um, who are AIPP um, accredited. And for them there is, and for myself, like a very personal reason to why we are doing further studies or why they're um, in the, you know, they've gone to the next level to become accredited by the um, Australian Institute of Professional Photographers. And it is almost like a, you know, you've got a feather in your hat moment. Um, but uh, my girlfriend said to me as well, um, who is accredited, she said for her, it's almost like insurance for her clients to know that at least she has been assessed by um, you know, a, a recognised institution across Australia that has a standard level of delivery yes. to uh, the photographic practice where, as like a lot of people don't have that. So um, herself as well, she'd said to me that even though she has the AOPP accreditation and she's extremely proud of it and rightly so, she doesn't think that um, anyone who doesn't necessarily has it have it um, is any less deserving of, you know, success than herself and you know she'd classify them as as a professional if they could still produce the same quality work that's right and i think look professional association's great because obviously for some people it does give a benchmark Mm. and it does kind of i suppose create a um, level of consistency in the work Mm -hmm. um which obviously some and and we look we we know there's photographers out there who are probably kind of not hitting the mark every time and there's some of them just yeah, head and shoulders. They're just up there. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they go out, they just shoot and get amazing results. So it's kind of one of those hard ones, and I think it's it's one of those journeys of self discovery when you start going down the photography path and you're trying to work out what you want to do mm-hmm. and and how you want to use your photography and if it's to to bring an income in is is how you I suppose start thinking about. And I think it's photography as a being a professional photographer is as much as your skill set it's a head game as well mm-hmm. you have to get you know in your own mind understand yourself and what you can do yeah yeah well um as i uh, mentioned when i first um started chatting on this subject like i i see it um in my own view as very closely linked to you are at that level where you see yourself as um, proficient enough to go out into the big bad world and approach clients and be paid for uh, paid for that service. Yeah. So you have to have the headspace, um, in my opinion, to also have you know that certain level of business savviness, um, the knowledge to really you know push your business out there. Um, if you're you know if you love photography and you have zero interest ever in making you know commercial ventures from it then that's that's wonderful that's still completely okay um think that the word professional is just slightly linked to the business and the commercial side of it um otherwise you are in sort of how if i'm trying to explain it more of um just a brilliant enthusiast yes and i think look you you touched on something there with you know the word professional is that when you would approach a client, you would have maybe business cards, mm. you'd have a website. Mm. These are all hallmarks of being a professional photographer, that you'd have a contract, mm. um, you have you know proper invoices that you give to them. It's not just a handwritten. Yeah, it's the ins know, and outs of the business. It's kind of like it. you are a professional. So if you went to a, 
um, big company and you wanted to buy something and they said, yeah, no worries, we can we can help you. And they go, oh, here, here's and they, on a bit of paper they scratch down and say, Cara, here's your receipt. <laughs> and you look at it and you go, wow, how professional is that? That's yeah. not very professional. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a that's a good example because that is, that is a business that is operating. But, yeah, they've just, you know, handwritten an invoice or a receipt for it. So there's levels of professionalism within an existing business model as well. Um, that definitely come into play and I think that again it comes back to me more around proving that you are of a level that is I guess worthy of being noticed out there in the market and it is really hard as well I'm not not even just talking about costing because sort of if you you know it's a bit of a fable to think oh if I, um, you know, market myself with really, really high-end prices, then I must be amazing. And often that is a bit of an assumption. So if a client's, you know, searching for me on the website and they, you know, let's just say hypothetically come across my website and, um, you know, I'm selling a photographic package that's $1,000 compared to, you know, the next five people that they get quoted from who are selling the same photographic packages for $500. They might go, oh, well, you know, why Why is Kyra charging 1000 Like, she must be great. Like, you know, she's that sure of herself. She must be amazing. But that's not always the case. Like, pricing is really, really subjective it is. in it's the not, photography world. Your pricing's not a, a measure of quality. No, it's not. It can be, and, and you earn the right to price yourself high once you do um, – delivers stellar results but it is not always an indicator that that person or that photographer um, or product is any better than you know the next and there are some really really super humble photographers um, and service providers who are amazing who are really really relatively priced yes Um, and it's it's actually smart from their point of view for marketing and maybe maybe they did this intentionally or maybe they didn't but if um, you know, maybe they get five clients paying them $500 and, you know, Kara over here only gets one client paying her 1000 but, you know, they're like, well, I got five clients. You know, I didn't matter that they only paid me $500 each. I've actually made more. Because I've made 2500 I got you more made business. A yeah, I actually got more business because I was more affordable and that attracted more people from the population. Yep, and that and that is a, market, that is a marketing decision, mm. like how people do that. It's the... You know, you can you can try and obviously um, pitch a little bit lower and obviously bring more people through the door because mm. of the price, and so you actually make more money. Um, and I think I think one of the important things about trying to decide when to call yourself a, a pro photographer, you have to understand your own worth. Mm-hmm. Once you understand your own what you're worth and what you consider to be um, your time, how you can charge for it that's when you can really shine as a professional photographer. Mm, yeah, and, and the marketing strategy around knowing your worth, it is, I guess there are tactics. I mean, there's tactics in every marketing strategy as well. But, yes, knowing knowing your worth and um, to, to an earlier topic that we discussed, which was around folio building. And, you know, you need to have something to show prospective clients, not just that you're affordable or you're in their area or that, you know, you happen to meet the um, niche market that they're needing some photography for but you also have to prove that you are you are worth what you you think you're worth but 
if um, yeah, if you are in a saturated area, then maybe you need to play the game a little bit better and and offer competitive pricing. And I think that level of detail really brings in the sort of the business side to to being professional. Um, that mindset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, look, it's it's a, it's a really interesting one, and it, it is something that I know a lot of people struggle with. Um, you know that, and like I said, in sometimes it's they're more worried it's what other people's perception is. And that's why they don't call themselves a pro because they don't believe in their own ability. So they don't think anyone else will believe them. Yeah. Where other people might think, you know, Carrie, you're amazing. Like the work you do is just fantastic. But it's kind of like I said, it, it is a head game and people do have to actually get their, themselves into that right head space mm. to understand um, what they can do, have that ability. And like I said, and, if you can start ticking all those boxes where you present yourself professionally, um, you know, and it's and it's little things too, like you know, if you rock up to a job and your car's all covered in dirt and it's all messed up and everything like that, and sometimes like that can be kind of for someone go, oh, well, they, yeah, okay. Um, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get to go through the car wash before I popped over here. Yeah. But, but there's, yeah. It, there's little things that actually how people read read you. Yeah. It could be how you're dressed as well. Like it could be how you turn up. If, you, if you've if just been to the gym and you just rock up in your sweaty Lorna Jane, oh, look, I just thought I'd pop in and have a look and see mm. what we could do. Again, you got to probably when you, when you rock up to a job, you've got to be kind of looking the part. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, and people people are super quick to judge, and uh, you know sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. Like they may they may unfairly judge you based on, you know, that your car's messy, and they may have no idea that you know you've, you d- you've just you've just driven past and a truck went for a big puddle yeah, and just sprayed muddle over. Think you've had to drive through the pine plantations to get here because you live the other side of town. Like they don't know their story. But. That's right. <laughs> but it's interesting how people will read those cues. Yeah. So you've got to try and I suppose. Um, you understand how other people view you mm-hmm. um, and whether or not how, you know, and a lot of people will think, oh, that person is a professional because they'll just look at the camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I get that that a lot because I'll be out shooting on the street and because of the gear that I shoot with, people will make assumptions straight yeah. away. Yeah, perceived value is a big thing. Um, as you say, like you can, they will make an assumption that if you've got this really nice setup that, oh, you must be a pro. You you know you are a pro, but <laughs> to um to like anyone who doesn't know you, yeah, it could just be like, oh well, look look at them. They've got a lot of you know expendable income or, or whatever the situation may be. But also um you know on the flip side, having cheaper equipment doesn't make you any less valuable. No, that's right. Um, you know it's all. I'm trying to put it politely. It is. Um, it's it's not to come across as oh you know that's sort of you know cheap and tacky. It's you know this person's um, you know self taught or you know they're uh, you're not going to get um, particular levels of of um, looks in a photograph like we talked about you know using the prime lens on a really super high end um, camera versus something that might be um, a zoom lens on a kit lens. Like there are different outputs, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that just because you have super ridiculously expensive equipment, that itself alone does not make you a professional. No, no, It no. is your skill. It is your approach to business. It is your um, output and it is also professionalism on a personal level that makes you an all-rounder. Yep. So I think for those people out there who, who are kind of struggling with that, 
you know where they're where they're up to in their photography and if you're out there and you've got yourself a, a website and you're getting paid gigs to go and shoot um you've got all your insurances you've got all mm-hmm. you know your paperwork sorted out all your contracts you're a professional photographer that's what you are yeah yeah you Public liability insurance is a big one. Yep. Um, just to point that out, so um, that obviously uh, protects other parties against any instances um, or incidences that occur as a result of your services. So um, you know, insurance is not cheap, which is unfortunate. But I think you also need to protect clients as well as protect yourself if you are operating as a well. That's a part. That's business. again. That's a hallmark of being a professional. Yeah. Yeah. But you've actually you've taken the time to work out that I need insurance, mm. I need to cover, you know, for risk you know, in case something happens um, and have that in place. Yeah, that's right. It's just, just a little checkbox of your business model and, you know, where you are and your skill set all in one, packaged nicely. Um, I think you could pretty confidently call yourself a professional if you met the majority of those tick boxes and, or, you know, you're on your way to getting there. Yep, yep. So I think, I think this one we've kind of um, hopefully... It is a difficult one um, to come to a definitive answer how, when that point, because everyone will get to a different point in their careers when they truly t- call themselves a professional photographer. Um, but hopefully we're giving you something to think about. If you like this episode, drop us a comment. Or if you've got an idea for a future episode, drop that in the comments as well. Thanks, Cara. Great. Thanks, Stephen. Have a good night. You too. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a subject for our next show, also leave that in the comment as well. Thanks for listening.